In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. This time we're uncovering the answer to life, the universe, and everything with our mostly harmless guests, Bethany Huey and Isabella Aguizzi. Did I do it right this time? Aguizzi! Aguizzi. Woo! Damn it! <laughs> I realized as I was singing it, I was like, this is the wrong one. <laughs> One of those things where you, you think do, like, you're doing it right and it's always the wrong one. Bella and Bethany. <laughs> is Hitchhiker's Guide a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade? I don't want it to be remade. You Never. do not want it to be remade. I don't want it to be remade. But if it must, we need to secure the proper cast and yeah. credits. See, the interesting for, thing for me is that I think it should be remade. Oh, how? Blasphemous. Because the movie's not great. The movie's amazing. <laughs> it's Peaks so, so bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we're talking about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with... <laughs> everyone's speakers. All right. So. <laughs> Sorry, you that was an earth-shattering statement that deserved an earth-shattering, yeah, mic-shattering you response. You can't drop a bomb like that and not get me to scream. I enjoyed a lot of this movie, but there are a lot of things that I think need to be changed. And we'll get into that. But first... Okay. What's your experience with this movie? Is the movie the first thing you saw, or is the books the fir- first thing you experienced? Movie is definitely the first thing I experienced. Book. I, I still don't think I've fully read the book myself, but I've been given my older sisters, again, referencing my older sisters, <laughs> introduced me to the movie, and, and my oldest sister read the book, and she, like, the first few times we watched the movie, she, like, explained, like, all the differences and, like, what they made the movie into and whatnot. But I'm, like, such a huge fan of literally everyone in this movie that I thought it was perfect. I am a big fan of just about all of the cast. Mm. Yeah. However. Oh, boy. Bella, what's your first experience with this world? So I can't remember my first experience, apparently, because I know I watched it as a kid, but I only discovered that when it was, like, reintroduced to me in college. (laughs) I think it was... My ex-boyfriend in college, and we listened to the book on tape, narrated by Stephen Fry, which is, is perfect. amazing. Like, driving, I think we were driving from, like, New Mexico to California over winter break or something, and I was like, oh my god, this is the most amazing story ever. And it sounded vaguely familiar to me. <laughs> so I was, like, so into the book, and then we watched the movie, because he was like, you have to see the movie. And I have this issue where I someone will, like, pitch a movie to me. And I'm like, I've never seen that. And then, and like, then ten minutes in, I'm down. like, I haven't seen this. I was like that with uh, the Nicolas Cage movie, The Rock. I've not seen that. Probably have, but it, I don't. It's, it, I, <laughs> when like, did that come out? <laughs> I don't remember. I can look it up. I've got the internet right in front of me. Is sure. The Rock in it? No. It's from the '90s at some point. Yeah, but it's um, I and it's Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery. Oh, okay. And that was like pitched to me, and like I was like, oh yeah, no, we've never, I've never seen that before. Thirty seconds of the movie, I'm like, I for sure have seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> yep, story. Of my yeah, life. It, it doesn't happen that often, but because we were at a movie night of movies Sam hasn't seen, 
I basically had to wait till the end of the movie to go. Uh, so anyway, I saw that. Bye. Whoops. <laughs> like it, it'll get, it's gotten to a point where like I'll say, "Hey, I really want to watch Into the Spider Verse. I got it on DVD. Can we sit down and watch it?" And they'll be like, "Have you seen it?" Yes. Can't do it. That's the rule. <laughs> Ugh. Fine. We can watch. Uh, there's something about Mary. Oh. <laughs> Still haven't seen it. Someday. I mean. Yeah. That's not one of the ones that I would be like, oh my god. Well, the <laughs> ones that, that were like, oh my god, were like E.T., Jurassic Park. Yeah, like, those are I've those now seen those. Oh, you have? Yes. Okay, good, good, All right, good, good. Those were top of, I, Those are the movies that your parents are supposed to show you, and if <laughs> yours don't... Yeah. Yeah, well. But you're both fan. So what I ended up doing is I watched the movie a week ago, and we scheduled and rescheduled this recording, and because I had a little bit more time, I re-listened to the book. Oh, wow. Narrated by Stephen Fry. Lovely. And he's great, because Stephen Fry's great at everything and is amazing. Yes. And I kind of had a sense of what I didn't like in the movie, and that was made more clear when I listened to the book. Oh. There, well, there's two things I didn't really care for in the movie. Okay. One... There's no chemistry between uh, yeah, Martin no, Freeman not. and Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, no, you're fine. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really awkward and uncomfortable, and and there's too much chemistry between her and Sam Rockwell. <laughs> because I Sam don't Rockwell think has chemistry with everyone. He Sam does, <laughs> but I didn't think they had any chemistry either. And more than her and Martin. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But also, still not really. Yeah. And either way, th- she in this movie is like. 20 something and they're both yeah although i looked it up so young no i that was one of my thoughts when we were rewatching it i was like holy crap she's so much younger than i remember her being yeah (laughs) and they like keep sexualizing her in uncomfortable ways like there's literally a scene of her in the shower and martin freeman goes oh i'm sorry and then keeps walking in yeah no he motioned to her is it okay if i commit and she said yes but also, yeah, but, uh, like, yeah, what? No. Her, like, her outfit, which is really cute, but mm-hmm. when he first, like, meets her on the spaceship, and yeah. she's in, like, a little, she's, like, got all the glasses, and then she has the shirt, the button-down shirt on, and, like, teeny tiny little shorts no, 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 that no, look, she like, changes. That's how we first see her. That's she's how put we on first pants. See her. She puts on a jumpsuit before, yes. before he gets in there. Yeah, but we see her that way, and she's just walking around like that, and I'm like, why? Yeah, it's not good. I think it's a cute outfit. It is cute, but it's kind of sexy. Yeah. It is kind of sexy. And the joke they make is that she's wearing Zaphod's underwear. Yeah. She's wearing, yeah, his shirt and his underwear. And basically, so I watched this movie with uh, a mutual friend of ours. Yes. But you've never met. Not a mutual. Still haven't met her yet. Someday. Uh, and every time they kept trying to do, like, the romance thing with Martin Freeman, it was like, ooh, no, ooh, no, stop. <laughs> and so re-listening to the book, basically, Martin Freeman tells the story of, yeah, I was chatting up at the party, but she ended up not really being interested in me, and this other guy came along. Anyway, that's the end of that. And that's it. Right. That yeah. is it. Yeah. And that's better. He got shot down, he accepted it, he moved on. It's not this weird, well, I'm definitely in love with her, and she's the most important thing in the universe to me. It's, no, we all, I mean, missed opportunity, because she wasn't interested in me, but I'm chill about it now, because I'm not weird. Yeah, this is actually an argument that I have in my casting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm comfortable with that. 
But I looked it up, and it wasn't necessarily as bad as I thought. Martin Freeman is only eight years older than Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, and I also, I mean... As opposed to other movies, but yes. Call me old school, but I did like the idea of this romance of them being the last two humans from Earth anyways, and Mm. the romance kind of extending... Whoops, those are my sunglasses. Extending (laughs) through the story to kind of... I don't know. There's if you something do symbolic like that, may I recommend it. a graphic novel series called Why the Last Man? Sure, you may. But I also like Hitchhikers. <laughs> <laughs> Separate from Hitchhikers. Yeah. But, yeah. And then, like, just the romances in general in this movie kind of gave me the, the heebie-jeebies because then it's Zaphod's vice president who keeps tracking him down because she's yeah. totally in love with him. Yeah. She's not in the book. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I think it's hilarious. I like her, and I like how they end up together. Yeah. It's so funny. I just think that Sam Rockwell is just wonderful, and I want him to do anything he wants. I would follow him across the universe. <laughs> yeah, I would too. I would Here's find Chase him Sam Rockwell is gold. fantastic casting for that role. Yeah. Oh, he's I was talking wonderful. to a friend of mine today about this, who actually educated me quite a lot. Oh, interesting. <laughs> he was like, the only thing, and I told him about this podcast. And Great. I, yeah. Who else listening. did you tell? <laughs> Everyone, yes. I tweeted it on my non-Twitter. <laughs> no! <laughs> but he was like, the only thing that would change about that movie is more of Sam Rockwell. Yeah. I mean, Which honestly. Which I kind of agree. <laughs> I would, like, honestly, he was so manic. I liked everything he did except for his, like, weird neck head. Yeah, but that mm. wasn't his fault. It's not. But everything, like, all of the choices he made were great. Yeah. And I have a different pitch for the way for them to do two Zaphod Beeblebrock sets. Ooh, okay. Mm. But we'll get to that later. Okay. But that was, like, the biggest thing for me. Okay. The second thing was that they, I almost feel like they stuck to the book too much. Hmm. There are certain things in the movie that are a direct lift from the book. Like, there's a moment when um, Martin Freeman kind of turns to camera and goes, I never got the hang of Thursdays. Mm. And hmm. it it felt like a, it, it didn't feel natural in the moment. It feels natural in the book when he says that, because it's the end of a chapter. Because hmm. it, it's it's a good joke, end of chapter, great, we're somewhere else now. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, it's just, he says that, and then we keep watching him. It does, I, yeah, sometimes when movies that are after books do that, it doesn't read so well because it feels forced. Mm-hmm. It's like they just insert, like, copied and pasted this into. There were, I there always were a feel lot like it's those. a nice little recall to the book. I think <laughs> it is it, if it's performed well. In, I don't know, when is this moment? In the beginning? It's when he and Ford are in the bar. Okay. I'll have to rewatch that part. Then. But I, it, that moment in particular stood out to me, and so I was listening for it when I was listening to the book, and it, I like I heard where it came from. And there's a lot of things, like a lot of their weird little descriptors are direct word for word pulls, like in uh, the narration and like of the book. Uh, in yeah, so yeah. in the narration of the books, like when they're describing the Vogons, yeah, direct word for word pull. I love that the, whole the Vogon thing. I thought was great. Thing that. Whole whole scene is, is like, a direct pull yeah. also that one's actually shortened um it was a lot of like the cutaways descriptor of the world things yeah uh the and the vogon one worked but then one that didn't work for me was like the weird arthur dent says well that's the end of that tale and that word got carried across the universe and these two warring factions heard it and that one didn't work for me the vogon's one absolutely did yeah the, this one didn't. Did they I get, don't mind it as much. In the book, <laughs> I can't remember. Did they get more into the story behind Magrathea? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. And and I always feel like that's missing in the movie. Yeah, there's a whole... More backplot. Yeah. Well, it's different. 
in the movie, they pursue Zaphod's connection. Like this person he beat, like the vice president, uh, John Malkovich. and Kamakawula. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say. Okay. Cola, Just trying to like be factual Cola here. Kabula? Kamakawula. Kamakawula. Zaphod, not Zaphod. Yeah. Zaphod? It's Zaphod Beeblebrox. Zaphod Beeblebrox. Yeah. I kept typing it in wrong as Breeblebrox. Breeblebrox. Like, that's not it. I mean, there's a lot of D's in it, so. When I but, was fair. I thought it was Beetlejuice for yeah. a long time, so. I'm okay with that. <laughs> they say it pretty quickly, so. Yeah. But one of the, but, uh, there's more Zaphod lore in the book. Mm. And it's. Yeah more just weird shenanigans and hijinks. Trillian gets captured in the movie and she doesn't in the book. Mm. And honestly, I like the book's version better in the sense, full disclosure, I read the book first. Right. Uh, I first read... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna not move. Dude, I, we can knock the glasses over again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody just fell your arms for a second. Uh, I first read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy... Uh, on an international flight flying back from Israel with my family. Oh, wow. wow. And so I read the entire book in one sitting. Yeah. And I've read all five, six books. Yeah. The first one's great. The second one's good. The third one is bad. Mm. And the fourth and fifth one are fine. (laughs) (laughs) They're okay. They did They're better than the third one. Mm. And yet I think about the third one more. It's weird. Did they come out after the first movie was made? No, no, no. It all came out yeah, long came out before the Very, movie. very long time ago. But yeah. they made an old, another movie. They made a TV show. But yeah, there was a TV show that was based on it. Which the actors from that are in the bar scene. Are they really? Yeah. Is that the woman that keeps staring at them? Yeah, the woman and the... Yeah. That's she's, amazing. She's Trillian. Yeah. Oh! I know a lot about this movie. Cause that's a, that's, that's fantastic. I want our remake to <laughs> Yeah, I want our remake little... to feature Yeah, these like guys. Bill Nye has to be in it. Yeah. I mean, but that's kind of what I'd prefer. I kind of want tongue-in-cheek. Like, I kind of like the overall arcing story, but I also kind of want tongue-in-cheek references to the original. Yes. Which I did a little bit with my casting, but not overly so. Um, Same. (laughs) But but so I read the books first, and then I saw the movie. So that might potentially be why. But I didn't remember the books Mm. uh, when I saw the movie. But um, I don't remember what I was talking about. It was something real good. Uh, <laughs> he just, tangent, tangent, tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Oh, Zaphod. Oh, yeah. It's more Zaphod's story than it is these weird other things. This romance mm. and this. Like, yeah, the Vogons shaman. are in that initial scene and then that's it. Mm. They're not like They're the not main following it. Yeah. Because the the forms weren't stamped. Why mm. would they be following them? Yeah. Yeah. But How could the vice president. And honestly, Eddie the computer's in it a little bit more. The computers needed more? Eddie the computer is in oh, it a little bit more. Yeah. Which was Tom Lennon in the movie. And, I, and like, I turned to a friend and I went, that's Tom Lennon. And she was like, it's totally Tom Lennon. That's yeah. what? And, yeah, that's what. <laughs> exactly. You did the same yeah, thing? We're watching it. That's great. Uh, Zach Luna, guess for next week. Or yeah. in two weeks. So I'm like, I could reference this thing I just recorded. No, I can't. That hasn't happened yet. He was from another podcast recording he did, though. Yeah, who remembers that? Yeah. That's a good one, too, though. Uh, only loyal followers of your podcast. Yeah. Well, that's why you guys are back, because yeah. you're such great guests. Yeah. But, so let's talk that about that. Like, Bethany, you clearly love this movie. What are your favorite moments from this movie? Uh, so the problem is that I've seen this movie probably 42 times. I ah. am very... That's my bit. Uh, it's very... <laughs> 
It's so very quotable. There are so many things that, like, Arthur says and Zaphod says and Ford says. Just so many different bits that we I We might need love. an example. I, like, there's one point where you faintly hear Zaphod say, Pricks of Beetlelix. <laughs> it's just that soundbite has stuck in my head. Pricks of Beetlelix? Pricks of Beetlelix. Or, or he goes, like, hippity do. <laughs> like, there's just random things. I, I was just watching pure Sam Rockwell Bethany, things. and there, she would just, like, un- say I, something under, under, her, under her, her eyes. And I'd be like, what? And then they'd say and it, and I'd be like, oh. oh got it. She's going, because I, I have a problem. Very, certain movies you can't watch with me, because I will quote it before they say it. I, I don't think I realized you'd seen this movie so many times. Oh, this that's why I, like, really petitioned to be on this episode. You were the, like, I did this post on Facebook, and you were, the, you were like, me! I was, I was like, like, as soon as I thought, I was like, I will make time for this. (laughs) I, like, it's truly, I, I, cause I mean, it came out in 2005. I, yeah, was a teenager. I think I probably saw it like a few years after it actually been released. Like my sister. Just like all of us. Just like all of us. My sisters introduced just whole world of British comedy to me. And a lot of it didn't take, but this one did take. And I just, thought it was so flippin' funny and and sweet and beautiful. And it, that was, like, the first introduction of Zoe Deschanel. So I understand, like, her role in this is to be that, like, quirky odd girl, which we've overdone to death by this point. Yeah. Especially she has done over death to this point. But that was, like, her first instance of being that character. Mm. So it was definitely, like, a very, I don't know, just nice, simple, sweet, like, romance, but also symbolic of earth being gone and i don't know but it yeah it just meant a lot to me it was really like first sense of of good comedy that i really liked that's good that's wonderful do you have a favorite joke from the movie i feel like i said like six times the other night we were watching that i was like oh i love this bit i love this bit so much (laughs) um i love when they do their little like whatever it is the lemon or no, uh, the, whatever the martini is, they do, but it feels like a like brick being wrapped with your your brain being wrapped around a brick and oh, a yeah. lemon squeezed on top or something like that. I love when Marvin stands up and shoots all the Vogons and they're all <laughs> depressed. I think that's just <laughs> hilarious. I love pretty much everything that came out of Marvin's mouth. Everything oh, that came yeah. out of Marvin's mouth. Marvin is Ray, amazing. Recasting him was really hard. Any, yeah, anything, yeah, really hard. Anything with Sam Rockwell, obviously, we've said truly fantastic, all of his improvisation. You were big on the perspective gun. Yes, loved it. <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. That exists only in the movie. Yeah, I thought it was just very. It has the best Great. line. It has the best yeah. line. Zoe's line of, well, it won't affect me. I'm already a woman. Which I hate how she, I hate how she says that. Because it doesn't I mean, imply. It's not a good line. I think it's fantastic. Think it's great. Yeah. The girls think it's fantastic, yeah. Sam. Because it's true. Women don't need to be shown other people's perspective. Because we're already intuitively thinking that way. Sure. So. <laughs> you can't say a goddamn thing about that. That's, that's why I'm. Sitting here quietly. Yeah. Just point the mic a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) And now the ladies take over. (laughs) Bella, what, uh, what are are your favorite bits from this movie? What, what are Um, the parts of it that stand out to you? Oh, I, 
it's towards the mic. I think maybe I'm gonna talk to the ceiling. Um, <laughs> um, I think maybe one of my favorite scenes is the whale falling. Yes, Petunias. Yes. <laughs> I don't know Whoa, why. That heck? when I was gonna answer this question, the whale and the potted flowers, the yeah. petunias. That is my favorite thing in the movie, <laughs> in the book. Right there. Taking the time out. Yeah. I love it. It's just so... I think I love it in the movie because it is so indicative of the entire tone of the book. Yeah. Absolutely. And that is, hands down, my favorite thing Douglas Adams has ever done. Yeah. Because so much of the... So much of the book, and I think maybe because of where I'm at in my life right now and, like, what the the schools of thought that I have started to study and everything, just in, like, I've kind are of... You deter- are you trying to decide if you're the whale or are you trying to decide <laughs> trying if you're the decide- potted plant? Yeah. No, everything, yeah. the whale, all those thoughts that run through the whale's that's- mind, that's me. Like, what am I doing? What what am I? Yeah. Um, before I... <laughs> what do I call myself? Die. Um, no, it's just, like, the <laughs> whole book is this great story. It's freaking genius but then at the end of it all like there's all these little points where it's like but fuck it nothing matters and like i i think i grew up with that like very it's very like british humor yeah um dry humor of like nothing really matters so let's just have a laugh and yeah <laughs> my dad introduced me to that like a lot of um he loves terry pratchett he, he's read and all he's the correct terry yeah mm. Terry Pratchett, Tom Robbins, like all those authors have a very similar tone of like, let's just have fun, like we'll include all this philosophy and like these big ideas about the universe, but then at the end of it, it's like, we're all on Discworld on the back of a turtle that's floating through space. Yes. Uh, It's often instead of Terry Pratchett that he's just like Douglas Adams if Douglas Adams met his deadlines. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And if he wrote fantasy instead of sci-fi. That's great. Amazing. uh, it just if anyone's listening to this, and I'm sure if you're listening and you're a fan of Hitchhiker's Guide, and you're not already a fan of Discworld, read all the books. Yeah, just Terry Pratchett's amazing. They're very similar. There are a sum total of three misses in all of the books he's ever written, and he's written like fifty of them. And even the misses are still great. Yeah, yeah, that's like yeah, one of my. Do you have a, so? And so your favorite joke is is the whale in the pot of plants. <laughs> Yeah. Ad- yeah, that's Fantastic. it's my answer also too. the towel. I just yeah, I love Don't the ta- your towel. towel obsession the towel. thing. Just makes me so. There's happy. just so many running gags that yeah. work because they're crazy. just so random. It's fantastic. Yeah, the ideas, the the idea of spatulas that hit them in the face also yeah, only exists in the thought. movie yeah. yeah but i like that bit as well. And Bethany the other night yeah. said the cutest thing, and it's never actually occurred to me where she was like. Oh, that's why the Vogons are all dumb and stupid and have squished up faces. Because they, if they, because ha- they lived on this planet that slapped them for having thoughts. That is <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, like the all-time joke is number forty-two. Yeah, yeah. deep thought just is like deep thought is more in the movie than TV deep thought is in the. It, then she's really? in. Yeah. The, there's the two flashbacks, like, because Deep, yeah. Deep Thought was 10 million years ago. Yeah. Like, came up oh, with this thing, yeah. and then that was it. And also Deep Thought, it, the, the whole thing with the mice is that they are pan-dimensional beings. Yeah. They live in another dimension. Right. Which means that's where Deep Thought is. Yeah. Which means you can't go there. Hmm. Or you're Unless you there. have coordinates and an improbability drive. It says it exists everywhere in the universe. It doesn't say it exists everywhere across all universes. Mm. But... Either way, so so they they don't visit Deep Thought. Okay. I had that said. I find it hilarious that Deep Thought was just sitting there watching cartoons. <laughs> yeah, 
And I it's love voiced that. by Helen Mirren. Yes. yes. Which is fantastic choice. I don't think I re I recast Deep Thought. Oh, I did. But I did too. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. But, but I but I like I like the Deep Thought arc. Yeah. I thought that was super fun too. Yeah. Yeah. So now I have to ask, mm. I'm going to do the other question. Mm. Other than the romance, which we're all kind of a little squeezy on. It could be better, but I don't want to get rid of it altogether. Okay. <laughs> I think my pitch will work with okay. that. Okay, great. <laughs> What's something in the movie that you're not as big a fan of, that you would change since we are remaking it? Oh, God. For uh, sure. It's definitely happening. I truly couldn't think of anything. I don't know. All the my my changes are my hip and happen and updated cast, but I still so want. Do you there want to, to be, do the same script, exactly the same thing? Again? Not exactly the same script, but just like a fresh take on the story with similar character vibes. Mm-hmm. Kind of just like improving upon this movie. Do you feel the same way? What? I mean i I don't know if I see anything with it where I'm like that's so wrong that like there were a lot of things with the previous pod the episode that we yeah. Really, like, yeah we we can all agree that Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is a better movie than Bed Knobs and Broomsticks <laughs> yes. although kind of similar premise they're just floating around just going on adventures on a, like singing a song journey over and over yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know journeys they're the same <laughs> anyway. we- weirdly uncomfortable romances yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> did not get that I think to me just to make it I think that the thing about like doing a remake it, and it's crazy to think like 2005 is a year now that we can talk about be like maybe it's not so like let's make it more relevant right yeah but a lot has changed and i think there already is a strong environmentalist message in it but i think that in making it today i would want that to be played up even more also just the subtle there's a very subtle line in terms of like how like charming and popular can be actually politically minded, like appropriate government yeah. about the Zephod winning over Hamakavula. And just the also very subtle point that he just like autographed a piece of paper and it destroyed a whole entire oh, planet. Yeah. That, that was something else was that bothered like, me. Uncanny. Yeah. I was like, that's something that we could turn into an yeah. actual poignant like yeah. <laughs> plot point. I agree. But here's also something that bothered me in the sense that when, as soon as Arthur gets on the ship, Zepha goes, don't tell her that your planet's destroyed or I'll beat you up. And then the whole point later is that he signed this piece of paper and had no idea what it said. Yeah. It, it can't be both. Yeah. I And I prefer that he, oh, someone put a piece of paper in front of him. He signed it. It was his autograph and he moved on. He, well, he gets Stupider. I think it's, that's the weird thing about that character. There's certain yeah, yeah. There's certain parts where I'm like, he probably like didn't. It, it was as it happened. Like he signed it. He didn't realize that it was uh, okay to destroy Earth. And then maybe as they were traveling through space, he like found out like, oh, this planet that I'm president of got yeah. <laughs> got exploded. So like, whoops, was that me? Oh, it was. Crap, can't tell the human that's on my ship right now. I still think that it, that. I find it more interesting if he just has no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he just, oh, no, someone put a piece of paper in front of me. Sign it. Great. No yeah. problem. No, I, I definitely agree I with that. I mean, that certainly is relevant to yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things they talk about in the book is they make a big point of how the president of the galaxy doesn't actually have any power. 
Mm. The president of the galaxy isn't for anything other than to distract the people from the people who have the real power. Mm -hmm. They talk about how the galaxy isn't controlled by the president. It's controlled by six people. Or no one knows who really controls the galaxy except for six people. Oh, okay. And so Zaphod was a perfect president of the galaxy because he's such a distraction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's so amazing at the job because he will... Charm anybody. Charm anyone. Everyone will be looking at him instead of looking at what's really happening. It's a hand wavy thing while the magician does the other trick. Yeah. And I thought that was super interesting. And it's absent from the movie. Yeah. But I absolutely believe that that's exactly the kind of message that you want to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Could be played up way more. Yeah. Yeah. There's also one very specific nitpicky thing where I was like, that has to go. Where Trillian comes back from being kidnapped and she's found out about this the Zephod signing and she slaps him. And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. Because there's too many movies of women getting to slap men. And I'm just so adamant about any scene that I see now. I'm like, that can't happen. Um, I also just don't think she should be kidnapped. She shouldn't. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. I, 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 think, d- I think it serves as a distraction from the actual plot, which is the message and the power. And I think kidnapping Trillian. <laughs> which is about. Having a distraction from what's actually going it on. It literally yeah. is. It's yeah. a, oh, we have to go rescue the woman. Uh, That's literally no, what it is. No, but don't phrase it that way. Because <laughs> I don't think that... I think it's more just like, we have to go rescue a part of our crew who was kidnapped instead of going to this planet just because that's been your goal this entire time. Like, we were all together and somebody went missing. We have to go get I'd them. I'd be perfectly fine with it if it's uh, Ford that gets kidnapped. Sure. Anybody. Or just give her more agency. Yeah. Like, I think that if she... I think it would be even better if they don't get to... Like, they don't get the form signed in time. But she gets herself out. Or she figures out a way. Yeah, I I do... Maybe. I just think it's, it's... distracting and i think we have enough things to deal with where we don't need to take 20 minutes going and rescuing trillion Mm. like there's enough for us to do just with the environmental message the political message well if we do make it a little bit more about like behind the scenes with zaphod then he becomes a little more central of a character true so then there's more interesting stuff happening with his arc yes Mm. yeah the other thing is that in the book trillion is like a phd in math and like and like mechanical engineering mm. like the reason why she's flying the heart of gold ship is because she's the only one who knows how yeah she in the book she's the one with the most agency aids agency yeah she's the most competent person there yeah mm-hmm. and that like they, they don't make that clear in the movie at no all. and like yeah. they need to be referring to her because they're like trillian you know what's going on yeah, yeah yeah it's this this and this yeah oh, okay great thank you right because as i mean as much as she's dating zephod because it, it, even in the book the romance between her and Zaphod kind of works. Yeah. Right. It's like, uh, he's weird and quirky, but he's fun. And he did have a spaceship. He took me to a world that I never knew I'd ever get to see. There was literally nothing for me on Earth. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And so that, that for me, I like I want more of that. I, wa- I want, even though the president of the galaxy is on this ship. Yeah. Even though there's a robot with a, a brain the size of a planet. Yeah. Trillion's in charge. Yeah. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. More, yeah. I like that. I also wrote down that I want more on the Magrathea storyline. That mm-hmm. whole yeah. history. That I want that flashback to be longer or go back to it 
one or two more times. Yeah. Just because I feel like it's it's a really cool world setting. Like a tool world that makes that, worlds? Yeah. 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 But they didn't, I don't think that they utilized it well yeah. enough. Uh, there's a moment in the book where Trillian, Ford, and Zaphod get trapped in a catalog of potential planets that can get made. Mm-hmm. And they, we just get to like flip through just weird planets that that Magrathia is able able to make, and it's just great. Wait, yeah, I awesome. want that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I love that. Okay, <laughs> bring more of the book into this. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, like, but the but where I think that it'd be interesting to make it today is we kind of already have an Earth version of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. XKCD, which is a webcomic, kind of made a joke about this a while ago, mm. where. One of the things that you can do on a Kindle is you kind of get low-key internet browsing and you have access to Wikipedia. So if you have a Kindle with access to Wikipedia and you can take that wherever you want, that's an Earth-only Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because Wikipedia has information on every single thing. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, I don't think we need to spend as much time explaining the Hitchhiker's Guide. We get it. Right. I But I love that. I love I that element too. of it. I feel like the amount... That the guide is in the movie is fantastic because it's oh I it's want I totally, want the guide in the movie it's totally yeah just I want the guide in the movie more I want the description of the guide in the movie less what do you mean by that though so we set it up it's it has all the information in the universe right. it says don't panic on the cover great yeah that's it now use it and so Arthur's constantly flipping through and finding out information about the Vogons about the Babblefish about this about that right and we get the mostly harmless right mostly harmless is in the movie right. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think it is either. Yeah. Interesting. I don't think it needs to be, but I think it's a good joke, especially since it's the title of the fifth book. Yeah. But, yeah. I I don't specifically remember it in the movie. Okay. Yeah, it's not It may not be. Yeah. You mean the description, what do you mean by the description of the guide? they, they, They keep... Honestly, I feel like they could be using the Hitchhiker's Guide more because they kind of introduce it and then they don't really use it anymore. Well, no, it, like every time it goes to the infographics where the narrator is telling us about things, that's because they're using the guide to yeah, learn more about that information. Yeah. yeah, which I, I love. I think it's a good, that's a cool like motif that structures it. For yeah, and yeah, harkens back fine. to being like, this is a book. Because that's the fun thing about it being a book that you can carry around. Is yeah. Like, it is your Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. yeah. Then I would say let's use it more. Instead of it just being a cutaway, let's have the book and we see the thing that's happening. Yeah. Or we open the book, do see a thing, go into it, cut back out, all that. That said, whenever the Heart of Gold used the improbability drive and jumped all over the place, loved it. Flowers, yarn people, thought it was great. <laughs> the, so the whole what is normal, what are cows, that's my favorite bit, by the way. <laughs> what are cows? That, what are cows? That was a really good bit. That's yeah. my favorite bit. It's... Of the whole movie. Okay. I want a bumper <laughs> circle back. What are cows? What are cows? It's just him, Sam Rockwell specifically saying that sound bite, like my sisters have quoted to me a million times. Okay, and let's so talk about Sam Rockwell. Always forever in there. How do you want to do this, the Zephod Beeblebrock's two head, three arm thing? I didn't think about that, honestly. I just thought about other actors to play him. I didn't really think about the sort of alien makeup of what he would be like i didn't mind the sleeve thing the sleeve thing the sleeve that hides his arm oh on his the podcast listeners can't see what i'm doing is that I'm what that's for my arm across i just shoulder. always assume the arm was like in his shirt 
No, it's just like there's a third arm coming out of somewhere, and it's I don't know why, but it's just tucked over his yeah. shoulder. Like a it's comforting, yeah. and it'll just come out every so often, mostly just to slap Arthur. But there's well, no the thing. purpose for it. I didn't get that from the movie at all, but I'm perfectly happy if that's the third arm. Yeah, if his third arm's just chilling, well, like that's hanging why as all a scarf. All of his shirts yeah. have a third sleeve that are just like a scarf. I, like, I was so sure that I just saw the arm coming out from, like, in the middle of the shirt, slapping him and then going back inside the shirt. Rewatch it. I'm sure, no, here's the thing, I'm sure you're right, and so I'm perfectly happy with that for a third arm, because I think that's clever. Yeah, the second head thing, though, I don't know, that, I definitely don't. Unless you have an idea. No. My pitch is, he, because the neck thing is weird. It's so weird. It is, yeah. I don't like it. But my pitch is that he has one head, and it splits into two. And there's like, like, but it like literally, it, it it's like a halt, like a like it it splits and it's two still two full heads, <laughs> and they kind of combine and it's like his his brain is in like a fourth like a fourth or a fifth dimension, so that way it's still two heads, two full heads. You're not seeing brain, you're not seeing it cut in half. It's just all of a sudden sometimes he has two heads, sometimes it's one. Oh, okay, okay. I, I get what you're saying. And yeah. that's kind of what I see. So, like, literally, it just sometimes it splits. Like, look at each other, scratches one head, scratches another. Were you thinking it? I don't know. Were you thinking it? I think that works. Um, What's going on with the neck in that scenario? Does it's it a, split just off a, into two necks? <laughs> Again, for the listeners, I just <laughs> took my two hands, put them together, and then kept them attached at the base and opened apart into a you V. You went from an I to a V. <laughs> There's so many visual gags in this one. But, but yes, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Okay, <laughs> Just, all right. Yes. And there's a thing in the uh, in the books that talks about how the reason why uh, Zaphod decided to be president, the reason why he decided to find Nagarthea, is because he put the idea in his own brain and then wiped his brain. And that's kind of why he's a little bit more off. And also, mm. like, that's why he has to find Nagarthea. Because he... and But... And so he t- put it in his head. He's going to steal the heart of gold. He's going to do this thing. He's going to find it. Yeah. And he put it in his head, but he but he still has to become president. So he had to wipe his mind of all of these thoughts. Yeah. And that's why he's so stupid. Right. But he wiped it. his mind and then signed it. Yeah. So like they, he, he does a brain scan and he can see the place where his mind was wiped and it's signed ZB. <laughs> and so I really like this idea of him splitting his head apart and then not quite completing it. And you can just see a ZB right where his two brains are about to... <laughs> Separate, and then he takes them apart, and it's the two heads, and he puts it back in. That's works. I just thought it was dumb. Anyway, that's... Because I don't like the next thing. <laughs> yeah. And then it makes we'll, no sense where they we'll remove one of yeah, the heads. I ne- that yeah, that actually always bothered me. I'm like, how? How did... Was it just sitting inside? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. How but it does his other... I mean, there, yeah, there's one... The one joke when he, like, scares Arthur by popping his head up, and then it just... Because Sam Rockwell's voice is just so hilarious. But yeah. It, like, it works for that second, but then, like, everything else, I'm like, nah, I could do without that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah. Whoever wants, yeah, whatever artist effects team wants to tackle that, go for it. <laughs> we leave it to you. We leave it to you, future artists of America. So what's something you want to see more of in the movie? What's something that we want to hit home? So we're doing the environmental message. We're mm-hmm. doing the... Magrathea. Political Magrathea. thing. So, okay, yeah, let's talk about Magrathea. Like, so you want to, and you want to see these other planets... Yeah. But other than that, we kind of want to keep the core story. Yeah. I don't think we need to have some of the different things where we stray a little bit more, but... Oh, the end. The the thought gun. Mm. Or the emotion gun. Yeah. Mm. Again, doesn't exist in the books. I like it. I don't think it's a problem. 
And I like that Martin gets it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or what Marvin. Ha- Marvin, excuse me. Victory sip? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what happens in uh, the... What happens in the book is they are tracked down by people trying to bring in the president and it's like galactic police officers yeah. and they're shooting at them and then they just die because they're aliens and they're wearing like methane suits because they're methane breathers. Um, and they find out that Marvin just went and talked to the ship that was controlling their... Uh, their spacesuits and everything, and just talking to Mar- Marvin, just talking, talking, talking. The ship committed suicide. <laughs> and that was it. I love that. And so just... So in some regard, Marvin should save the day no matter what. Oh, yes. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because yes. Marvin's great. Because Marvin's fantastic. <laughs> and potentially the best character. Yeah. If not the best character. Wonderful. He is great. I don't know how we can recast Alan Rickman, but we're going to try. Yeah. That was tough. Did I do it? Oh yeah, no, I'm 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 correct. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. This that Very was one of the ones where I thought of it and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm perfectly open to being wrong. Very curious. I'm not. Are you though? <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> there's always one that I push a little bit more than the others. Yes. That's how you win. You put oh. all your eggs it's in one basket, <laughs> and then there was this one time where I lost. The other person was right. But we, and like, it was for the Matrix episode, and so it was our director, and I don't remember who I had, but I remember that she was pitching this person who was like a director for like the, uh, the Dirty Dancing movies. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. But we ended up going with that person anyway. Like a month later, Crazy Rich Asians came out, and he directed that movie, and we were like, well, Meredith was right. Yeah. Don't tell Meredith I said that. Okay. We won't tell her, but the podcast You just did. Will. Yeah. <laughs> she does listen. It's a problem. <laughs> Meredith. Good job. Really good Good job. Good job, Meredith. Good job, Meredith. Right. So do you want to talk about casting? Yeah. I want to talk about casting. I will say... Is there anything say, else you wanted to talk about in the movie proper I, first? The one side not casting note that I put on here is that, which we've already kind of addressed, is that just now that, now that a lot of movies and things have... Uh, adapted that nostalgia is cool situation thing and we can like bring back things from like older iterations and whatnot. I, I feel like we have to, uh, so long and things for all the fish has to be in this remake either in a new, the repri- song? yes. Oh yeah. Great, in a done. new reprised way, whatever. Fine. Cool with that. Wait, okay, what, cool. what? So long and thanks so for all the fish. Thanks for all oh, the fish. Yeah. It has oh, to be in the remake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. That's our opening. We're on the same page. That's, that's our opening yeah. credit song. Yeah. Fantastic. Let's you, it's talk. It's not Hashtag's Guide um, until that happens. The other two things I wanted to say was what era, when do you want to set this movie? What time period? What earth time period? Not that that really matters for the overall thing of the it movie. It doesn't. Current is fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's still houses being eminent domain. I was thinking too, it'd be cool to have all the tech be modern because yeah. our tech now is like futuristic to the 2005 yeah. version. I would love it if it's like Arthur's like I've got a phone everything's gonna be okay and then just like someone takes out like a Kleenex that's like way more technologically advanced than the phone yeah. blows their nose and throws it away Yeah, and Arthur's just like but yeah no what you have is cute. Yeah. <laughs> In a way to make the guide even more high tech Absolutely. just an iPhone. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Because, I mean, it's basically an iPad. Yeah. yeah. So we yeah. got to do something where it's a little bit... Like, I would be perfectly happy if we do those cutaways where they take the iPad and literally, like, slap it over his head. And all of a sudden, he we're seeing the world that he's seeing. Yeah. And mm. that's, like, this big cutaway thing. And then you take it off and... Yeah. yeah. I like that. Let's do it. Something like that. A little bit. Oh, and then 
I know 42 is a big thing, but honestly, in the book, you don't get that until way late. Mm. In the movie, we get it really, really early. Mm. Because the the thing about the movie, and this is kind of my core thesis, is that it was clearly made by people who love the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's great. My biggest issue with the movie, other than the bad romance, is I I think that they're trying too hard to include all of their favorite bits from the book. Mm. I think there's so much in it where they're just like, this part is so great, and this part is so great, and this like exactly what you're doing when but you watch all, the movie. From my perspective of someone who didn't really read the book, I think it all still really, really works. I think it does too, but I also think that the movie needs to, some of the jokes work and some of the jokes don't, but... I would love it if there were different jokes. Like, the things that you were saying, where Zaphod just said these... Zaphod just said these weird other random things. Yeah. That's not in the book. And they're no, great. No, I know. And That's why amazing. I think it's a good mixture. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm saying we can encourage more... I'm going to fight you this have whole a, thing. Have, I think the movie's perfect. You have <laughs> an opportunity to bring more things from the book because it's second version More of things the and less things, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Different. <laughs> right. the, the, jo- the joke doesn't need to be verbatim, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay, agreed. It is a great casting time. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you want to start for casting? I mean, I I literally went in order of appearance. <laughs> I probably did too. So we're going to start with Arthur. Yeah. Um, I will point out that for my casting, my three British people are people who had been on the island of Britain. They're British people. Okay. Everyone else is uh, almost everyone else is American. Um, I'm a I'm a mixture. I've got I've got both, but I've I kind of for all the characters I kind of didn't say like this person has to be British or this person has to have an American. Accent. I didn't either. I, it just I, it, but I went between both because that's just why the not? realm I cast my brain in. Yes. So let's talk about your Arthur Dent. I've got two, and I think one of them is yours. <laughs> I totally switched things up. You did? <laughs> oh no! Okay, well then I still got two. <laughs> Uh, my first thought was, uh, Donald Gleason, uh, who is, I, I can't remember names or anything, but he's the guy from Star Wars, the newer ones, and he was in a movie about time with Rachel McAdams, and he was in Black Mirror, uh... Donald Gleason. Don, it's spelled D-O-N-H-A-N-A-L. Oh, okay, that is the person who's coming up. Yes, um, he... Donald Gleason. Donald Gleason. He was my first oh, thought because he's definitely got some really great. Uh, oh, he's he's General Hux. General and... Hux, yeah, he's got some quirky, quiet but really sweet and charming vibes to him. Mm. Um, but then I also thought of, and I can't remember if it was because you said it or I literally just like had the thought, and then you were like, "Oh my god, me too." Yeah, uh, Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe is an interesting choice. He is a British man who can wear a bathrobe and can <laughs> do this whole movie and be comedic and angry. That's true. <laughs> Daniel awkward. Radcliffe is a, is a good pick, actually. Yeah, I like Daniel Radcliffe more than I like Donald Gleeson. Mm-hmm. Um, you two now, <laughs> Bella. After you, I had initially written down Daniel Radcliffe, and then I decided that I wanted you literally crossed it out. I can see it on your paper. <laughs> There's proof. Um, <laughs> I decided it might be interesting to cast a little younger. Oh, interesting. Um, to have it be kind of like young, like teens on an adventure. Whoa. Which kind of works with the like, there can still be a like love interest, but like keeping it PG. Yeah. 
or PG thirteen if you want to get. I don't really care spicy. about what the rating. Is. Interesting. <laughs> um, <gasps> just, I see your choice. Oh my god. Because, <laughs> just because I think there are so many. Because I remember Sam, you made this kind of like funny dry comment about like you can't just pick name actors, and I just kept coming up with all these name actors, and I was like, well, there's these awesome emerging young people. Yes. Um, and I think that there's a lot of fun. British young kids yeah. because of that wonderful new show, Sex Education. If yes. I could cast everything out of that, I would. <laughs> um, so for Arthur, I chose Asa Butterfield. Lovely. Asa Butterfield is an interesting choice. Yeah. <laughs> and so for it your works. casting for everybody you went younger? Um, not everybody. Just okay. the leads and like if they're romantic interests, then I was like, you know, obviously. Safe Otto also yeah, has to be. 20 years older. Yeah. 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 Um, to keep it from being creepy. But, I no, like there are that. some older that people as well. That opens a whole new realm. Yeah, that's an interesting choice. Because then also it's like these these kids on this adventure into this adult world. And mm-hmm. it kind of made me think of, like, The Little Prince, where The Little Prince is, like, this The movie or the book, because both are beautiful and amazing. Um, both. Because it's relevant to both. Absolutely. And he's this kid, and, like, all the... He meets all Have these the adults. Movie? He comes what? up... The movie? Have you seen the movie on Netflix? What movie? The Little Prince? No. You <laughs> I was like, must have watch I? it. It's so beautiful. You, you will cry. No, I know. I remember seeing the trailer and, and I'm being dead like, inside. oh, this is going to be the most magical thing ever. Um, and I have a two-year-old nephew. Oh, I had a two-year-old nephew at the time. He's three now. And I was like, this is going to be his movie. And then I never watched it. <laughs> it's amazing. And it I follows know. the book very well. Good. Also. Which is crazy because the book's not very long. It's no, it's not. 100% true to the essence and core of the book, but it's a completely separate movie. It's it so wonderful. It makes up its own stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's great. It's the perfect adaptation as far as I'm concerned. Um. So, yeah, something like that, that feeling of, like, these kids are exploring this, like, universe of, and it belo- it's like the adult's world, mm-hmm. and they're coming into it with this fresh perspective, and everything's being thrown at them, and they have to just kind of, like, take it all in really quickly, and it's kind of, like, becomes a coming-of-age story, yeah. and they get to decide, like, that, I think it becomes so much more poignant having it be an environmentalist message and at the end having, what's his name, Slarty Bartfast. Slarty Bartfast. Asking the question, like, <laughs> if you could change anything about Earth, what would it be? Yeah. And we're giving that question to the younger generation, yeah. which I like. I love I agree that. With that. I, yeah. I like your entire argument. Ding, that's smart. Um, that said, I went in the other direction. You went you even older. <laughs> well, I went mid to late thirties. No. Oh, okay. I went mid to late thirties just because it's. <laughs> I kind of wanted Arthur to be a little bit tired. Like he had his like his twenties where he's like, I'm gonna go on an adventure and do fun things in my twenties. Although yeah. it's Arthur Dent, he probably didn't. Yeah. What Arthur Dent considers an adventure is probably not. Yeah. Uh, you know, like me. Um, <laughs> Did you cast yourself? Is it Sam? you? I am not at all British. No, you're I not. Would cast you. That said, I would cast you for this. Um, but I kind of wanted people who were like at the point where they, they have a life that they're expecting to be living and then everything changes and they're just like, why? Mm. So I like all of your arguments and we'll see what happens as we move through casting. But like, I, I also like for the comedy's sake, I want someone who isn't excited to be on an adventure. I want someone who is deeply upset to be on an adventure. Mm. Yeah. Because I find that funnier. Yeah. Mm. I mean, okay, just to interject, Asa Butterfield is like a young old man. And he, he is. is so good at being like Based crotchety. on this picture, 
Absolutely. Yes. He's yes. just so ahead of his time. And I think that when he is in his mid-30s, uh, he is he going was, to be that character who's like, why didn't so you live it up when you when could, man? I just, also yeah. want a, I just also want a trillion who's like a multiple PhD. Yeah, true. That's- um, but Anyways, so my person is someone you potentially have not heard of, mm-hmm. unless you're such a fan of. Oh, it's not even have his picture. This is gonna be sad for me. Oh God. Uh, no, he he is a very well known British mm. comedian oh. named Josh Whittacombe. Okay. He is very short. Mm. He looks like a hobbit. A little he bit. Like, that's, that's the joke kind of that gets made at his expense. Like, he goes on these British panel shows and he's very, very funny. And then they'll just crack a short joke. And he's just like, yeah, but I said some funny things, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so that's kind of his bit. And mm. so that's kind of, and obviously I think we're going to need to end up picking up a, a team of four that works well together. Like, yeah. we'll have to yeah. go through all four and kind of like mix and match. Yeah. But that's who I have simply okay. because I think that. The world's already beaten him down a lot, and then the universe starts piling on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, the, and he also happens to be a British comedian, and yeah. he's very funny. Cool. That's awesome. I want to check him out now. And yeah. he's not super big. All right. Um, Interesting. So I'll go first for Ford, because full um, disclosure, I wanted to look up a British comedian from Guildford. But when I was, because Ford yes, is. that's a joke that he's yeah. from Guilford. <laughs> but when I typed it in, I screwed up the joke and I typed in Barstow. <laughs> so I have a Ford prefect who is a British comedian from Barstow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me pull him up. Whoa, what? Oh, no, no, no. That's different. That's someone oh, okay. else. What's happening? Like Marlon Davis death. <laughs> so I have a British actor named Marlon Davis. Okay. Who uh, is a British actor and comedian, and he's been in a bunch of different things. And oh. I don't know, not as many, but he's a, he's a black comedian who happens to be British, who I thought was from the right town, but turns out isn't. Oh, that said, right. my trillion is a British comedian from Guildford. Cool. You went all British. Amazing. For these. Okay. Uh, but that's, so my, my Ford Prefect, I was going for the bit, and then I failed. I still think he's funny, and I still like the idea of casting a black actor, because otherwise it's a pretty white movie. Yeah. It is. It is. But anyway, that's what I have in mind. That's Marlon okay. Davis. That influence. Pulling for you, buddy. Choices. Okay, I have two uh, choices that went in random directions. Uh, my first choice is Tessa Thompson. Because mostly because of the new Men in Black movie that's coming out, she would be just a fantastic sort of st- like semi like just I don't know comedic force to whoever we choose to be Arthur, yeah. um, but also be like sassy and a lady as she is in Indeed. as Valkyrie and in Veronica Mars and <laughs> other things that she's been in, um, and then my other choice. Uh, going the comedian. Are you going to have two choices for everybody? I have multiple choices for a lot of things because I can't decide. And guess what? I love this movie, so <laughs> deal with it. Uh, my other choice went the comedian route, and I picked Ben Schwartz because he would nice. be a really great comedic. Yeah, interesting choice. Person to riff off. I'm going to pause Arthur. for a second and say Ben Schwartz would be an excellent Zaphod. I trust me. He was one of in the running for Zaphod. Oh, that's an interesting choice. I have. You're looking at Ben Schwartz? 
Yeah, I know who he is, but I just need to see his face. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, yeah, I picked a lot of my favorite comedians for this whole movie. Yeah. That's the only way I'm going to see this movie. I I did the same thing. Yeah, good. Um, Because it's a comedy. Yeah. And the setting is sci-fi, but the players are comedic. Yeah, you want good comedy. I'm very curious about yours now. Yeah, tell us about your Ford Prefect. Donald Glover. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I de- denounce my Donald Glover. That's it. He's just, I feel like he is the most deaf of He is today. the most deaf of today. <laughs> he is! And he was so, and it's kind of like Holy calling crap. to his performance in Star Wars. Yeah. And but also his former comedic background. Yeah. But also him being a more serious actor. And a rapper. And oh, a right. rapper. Yeah. I was like, who's Donald Glover in Star Wars? Oh, right. And I just remembered. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Lando. Yeah. 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 I, I was He's thinking like the main series, but yeah, Lando, Literally. Oh my god, amazing. I won't settle for anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> if we're gonna recast most stuff, I feel like that Donald Glover, man, Donald yes. <laughs> I will say it's been a while since we've had a, well, it has to be Donald Glover. Yeah. Because <laughs> early episodes, it's every episode. <laughs> really? Every episode. Like, what I had to, I had to have a moratorium on Donald Glover for a while. <laughs> Because it was every well, episode. Well, back, he's baby. pretty fantastic, and he, he should do a lot of things. All right, well, then tell me about your trillion. My trillion is also on the younger side, Amanda Stenberg, which she's <gasps> not like... Sle- isn't it like Slen- Stenberg or something might like be that? Amazed, amazed no, but I totally know who you're talking about, and she's fantastic. She's from The Darkest Minds. Is like Hold on, spell her name? Oh, no, Amandla. Amandla. Amandla? Yes, thank you. Yes. Amandla. Stenberg. Stenberg. Yes. Yeah. That is an she's interesting name. Beautiful. She's very she's, smart. I feel like she's just the right amount of nerdy too. Like she can yeah. be extremely elegant. She can play a little bit older, but she's also very youthful. Oh, she's Rue in the Hunger Games. Yes. yes. Yeah, but she's a little older now. She's so. a lot, yeah, and she's done a lot of very... I strongly considered her for something for next episode, but oh, ended up going with someone else. Interesting. So, when you listen to that, that, the episode that comes out in two weeks, listener, <laughs> see if you can figure out who it is. Now I'm going to try and think of who it is, because I know which episode you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Curious. Uh, but... Well, I like that. I like her a lot. Um, so I, yeah, I just, I love the idea of it being Asa and then Amanda because I, cause Asa is great, but he does have that like kind of grumpy old man quality. And yeah. then Amanda is just She's like live this and light and, and strong and she could be kind of, she, I feel like she could take a little bit more of the lead yeah. against him. Mm-hmm. And I think that they would have really great chemistry together too. Yeah. That's true. Absolutely. I like her a lot, but I can't combine her with any of my people. My people are too old. Um, <laughs> my trillion is a British comedian from Guildford who I found when I realized I typed in the wrong thing. And it is a British comedian. Let's see if she has a picture that shows up. Named Holly Walsh. Hmm. Sure doesn't. Okay. I recognize her. And... I've also seen her in a bunch of, like, British panel things, and she's one of those people who's just so sweet and kind and funny, and she doesn't necessarily play someone at the height of their intelligence, and that's why I think it's funny if you come in and you're, like, blonde hair, blue eye, expectation about the sort of person that she is, and Mm. then she's the smartest person there. She's saying all the lines. She's like, no, no, I'm the mechanical engineer, I'm the mathematician, I'm the one who can fix the ship, I know what's going on. Yeah. Like... 
And also, I find her very funny. Mm. And she cool. happens to be a British person from Guildford. Yes. <laughs> well, then, you just, you, you balanced out your <laughs> my, misstep. My, my failure. That's somebody from Guildford. Yes. Yep. That's all that matters. Amazing. It really is. Amazing. We need to honor Guilford a little bit more. A little bit this, more. With this remake. And yeah. also, she's just hysterically funny. Love it. I feel like I saw Love her funny people. It's possible. In London. Oh, yeah. Whoa. I mean, if you were in London, then yeah, I it's a good possibility. That would be incredible. Yeah, she looks so familiar. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. Do one of her bits right now. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually <laughs> kept a little book. Where well, I wrote down all the other <laughs> yeah. people's jokes. Yeah. I went to London. I stole a bunch of comedians' jokes. It's good. We've never heard them. Amazing. Bethany, who do you have for children? Wait, you didn't have. You didn't say Ford. My Ford was Marlon Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I went first for that one. I already forgot. Because he's from Barstow. Okay, that's right. I'm gonna spit out a few people here, not because I couldn't choose, but I could just see any of these four women doing it. First thought, Lake Bell, because she's freaking fantastic. I don't know who that is. Lake Bell was in the movie In a World. It's an indie film, but she's done a lot of smaller indie movies. She's a fantastic comedian. She's super smart, super wonderful. Um, she's coming. She's going to be in a new show with Dak Shepard coming out, which I just found out about, and I'm really excited to watch because I love both of them. I fucking um, love her. So I thought about her. I thought Rachel Bloom. Because mm. she's a fantastic, Ooh, lovely Rachel Bloom's lady. a good choice. Um, with all the, all the all the check marks. Um, another one with all the check marks. Kristen Bell. <laughs> Look, my love for Kristen Bell knows no bounds. Yes, don't know if she could be Trillian, but like I could see her. I I am, yeah, she can do anything because she's Kristen Bell. Um, and then lastly, I did pick a British person, Amelia Clark, because I feel like after Game of Thrones, she's got to do something, and she's got comedy chops. And she's also super smart. What comedy has she been in? She's been in. I mean, she's if, been in. Rom- Amelia Clark is Daenerys Stormborn. If you're not, if you're not up yeah. on Game of Thrones, she's listener, been in but- like a few rom coms, but mostly just like her interviews. She's just really funny. She's got a really good like yeah, comedic base level. Interesting. That- yeah. Huh. Those and are good. She's, she's got like yeah, just a good sense of dry humor. But I probably of those four would be. Rachel Bloom is probably my top, or Lake Bell. Of all of those, I would lean most towards uh, Rachel Bloom. Yeah. Although Holly Walsh is great. Yeah. And then she could and also, a musical you know, number. British. <laughs> okay. Well, then, you're up for Zephon. All right. Isabella and I have the same idea, mostly because uh, I recently, because I'm super late to the game, watched Maniac for the first time. And there's a lot of, which is the Netflix TV show with Emma Stone and uh, what's his face? Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. But there were a lot of, like, random things in that where I was like, oh my god, that's oddly hitchhikers. But of those actors, Justin Thoreau is just a fantastic... The British Prime Minister? Uh, no. no. Justin Thoreau. <laughs> not Trudeau. Not Trudeau. Thoreau. He's, he's an incredible comedic actor. He's been in so many things, but he's just hilarious, and he has total Sam Rockwell vibes. Yeah. I also uh, put down Thomas Middleditch, a la mm. Ben Schwartz line, because he's just hilarious and has great physical comedy and improv skills and I love him. <laughs> okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm not going to list eight more people. <laughs> Thank Narrowed you. Narrowed it down to two. <laughs> Narrowed it down to two. <laughs> 
I also narrowed my Zaphod down to two. Alright. <laughs> For the younger cast, I said Dylan O'Brien. Tell me about Dylan O'Brien. Dylan O'Brien got big off of the Teen Wolf remake. <laughs> <laughs> and he's done a lot. He was in um, Maze... The... the Maze Runner? The, no, not Maze. Was it Maze Runner? No. It was a bunch of teenagers who have to run through the maze. <laughs> that was Maze Runner. Yeah, it's Maze Runner. <laughs> <laughs> he is, like, in a lot of teen... Like, he would have been... Oh, Dylan O'Brien? Dylan. D-Y-L-A. From Teen Wolf. He's very funny. He's very funny. And he he was discovered, I think, because of his YouTube channel. And he's, like, this amazing... He had a... I watched his YouTube channel. Yeah. And then I saw him on Teen Wolf, and I was like, holy crap, he's so funny. He's got a... I thought his career declined from that point, but... (laughs) But that's what I... So that's why I'm like, I want him to be in something like this, because he's now, I think, underrated as a comedic performer. Yeah. He just became this like teen heartthrob and he was in all these he was like franchised and like young adult novel adaptation movies. And yeah. now you look even just watching his interviews, I watched this interview so where he was with a bunch of puppies and he was like laying on the ground and it was very like young <laughs> Jim Carrey and his facial expressions are amazing. And so yeah. I feel like if you gave a role to him like Zaphod Beeblebrox and just let him go, he would be very, like, young Sam Rockwell-esque where he just isn't afraid to go big. Yeah. And I think paired with Asa and Amanda, it's the right age group. Um, And you could see how, like, he's very, he's so cute and so charming, but also could be, like, I think he can also easily play the, like, young, dumb American. Really goofy. Who's like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. Wanna grab a... Yeah, but everybody loves me, Lemon so. squeeze? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so good. I like it. Um, I'm into it. So that's my younger Zaphod. And then if anybody wants an older, I thought Andy Samberg would be another good one. Yeah. Oh. Andy Samberg's a, a zany choice. He is a zany choice. Yeah. It works. Yeah, I okay. think it does too. Those are my, yeah. Uh, my Zaphod is an actor who was in Venom. He's in Knocked Up. A bunch of other things. Okay. He, I was researching people and I re, and I found this comedian and he has a special called Good Guy. And Good Guy opens with the line, I want to be a good guy. And that should be your first clue that I'm a bad guy. <laughs> Very Zaphod. And that is the yeah. most Zaphod <laughs> sentence I ever heard that I paused that. And picked him, Amazing. and then I went and walked the watched the rest of the special. the uh, The performer's name is Nick Thune. Oh yeah, I know Nick Thune. Yeah, he's funny. He's very funny, and he's uh. weird and like he, he like the. I mean, this is one classy ass motherfucker. Oh my yeah. god, he's so perfect. And that's kind of why I wanted him, and just because like he can play classy. But he also can just play like a drugged out like person who the guy who invented the pangalactic gargle blaster. Yeah, I saw him perform at UCB. Yeah, yeah, he's hilarious. Which is why we should go exclusively with people you've seen perform. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like Holly. Like Holly. I also stole a bunch of stuff from Nick. Well, you'll notice that like I made that joke and then I literally read you a joke that he said that I wrote down. <laughs> Incredible. And we're like, wow, that's so good, Sam. 
I, it's a good it's it, honestly watch his stand-up special i literally like after i finished coming up with the list i watched his no i took a break from doing my list to watch the 20 minute <laughs> intro because his stand-up special opens with a 25 minute long story Incredible. and it's all on youtube and it's great Cool. Well, at least, unlike Shia LaBeouf, you did not plagiarize, and you let everyone know that it was not your joke. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> otherwise it doesn't work for the casting. Good. <laughs> but yes. Good call back to something from before you were recording. Where's that? Oh, shoot. <laughs> before the mic is on. The night that is was a blur. Still, That joke. was still great, though. <laughs> the night is a blur. So, so great. those are kind of our four main people. Yes. And... We have to make a decision if we want to go older or we want to go younger. I still think Donald Glover can work for no matter Both. what. Yeah. I think he can, too. Yeah. Because he's not a romantic. And yeah. so I think we can go with Donald Glover for, for Ford Prefix pretty Absolutely. solidly. Good job, Isabella. You Victoria! nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> and with that in mind, I would still suggest Nick Thune for our Zaphod. I honestly think that he could work with younger, too. He's 39. It yeah. doesn't. He, he he looks like he could be younger. He does look like that. He's thirty nine. <laughs> it's okay. Your uh, um, Amalda is twenty. He is double she her is age. Of age. <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, I don't. I yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, we are going to have to make some decisions. I think Donald Glover is a, is a good pick for Ford regardless. Yes. So, of the people we named, I'm a big fan of Josh Widdicombe, but I would I, the other one that I really like is I do like Daniel Radcliffe. He is, mm. he's, he, I feel like... He is absolutely team bathrobe. And he would be a good driving force for people of both indie and blockbuster to right. see. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, he's still Harry Potter. Yeah. And just to have well, Harry Potter be in guy. a world, he is. And he's great. <laughs> and if he's in a world where it's like, well, magic doesn't exist. Yeah. It works. And so th- that's who I would go with for Arthur, Arthur Dent. Now, the thing is, I really, really like your Trillion, mm. but she's 20. Yeah. I do. Wait, who did you have again for your Trillion? Amanda. You had, Amanda. Yeah. Amanda. I do like her, but yeah. Uh, remind me who your her- Trillion was? Or um, we landed on oh, yeah, Rachel uh, Bloom. Rachel Bloom. I can see Rachel Bloom as being highly competent. Yeah. Competent? I don't know that I see her with Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, I, chemistry with Daniel Radcliffe. But that's the thing. I agree. Because I don't... You don't care about the romance. I don't care about the romance at all. I think it's more funny if it was like, oh yeah, no, we, we're the last... We are the last two humans, and we are yeah. not really that into each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could just have it be like a team up best friendship in which case I can see them as a very funny duo because mm-hmm. one of the big things for me in the books is in the fourth book they introduce a love interest for uh, Arthur who I absolutely love and she's amazing and then in the fifth book she's gone and he's dating Trillian and I hate it mm-hmm. and I just want I and want who her knows? back maybe Daniel Radcliffe and Rachel Bloom will have chemistry that we have no maybe idea about they'll Ra- fall in love in real life and have lots of babies Rachel yeah. Bloom's married she's and I'm pretty, and I'm pretty sure, sure, sure Daniel is Radcliffe too. is also married. To someone you know, on the set of Harry Potter, she was a PA. Oh, that's Which so is sweet. Fantastic. Lovely. That's everybody's dream, but it's not. She's the exception. Yeah. I listened. There was, I think, was, were you listening to the episode of How Did This Get Made? Where it was the two of them talking about a movie? No, my sister just relayed all this to me, so she probably listened to that. And <laughs> it, I, I, 
I don't care about celebrity gossip, but like as I slowly realized over the course of the episode of oh these these two are seeing each other. Yeah. I was like, oh these two are adorable. Yeah, it's very cute. Aww. Yeah. I didn't know that. Alright. Okay. Alright, he and Rachel can just be friends. Yeah. So okay. Daniel Radcliffe. And Rachel Blim. I love that. And then Nick Thune. Nick Thune for Zapod for sure. Tips. Yay! Good job, team. We did it. Everyone gets something. Everybody gets something. So now is the character that we're going to cast that we are going to fight to the death about. Okay. Let's talk about Marvin. I'm willing to go first because you'll just feel bad and and surrender. Are you comfortable with that? Uh, Okay. I'm real curious now, so I do want you to go first. Yeah, just say it. The the actor that I've cast has been doing co- is a stand up has been doing comedy for years and years and years. Okay. Now keep in mind he's also a voice actor, so I don't necessarily see him see him being the walk around robot. But right. that also wasn't the case. It in the wasn't movie that we the case watched. in the movie. No, it was. Uh, shoot, I it was it was Warwick Davis. It was Warwick Davis. Yeah, I was like, I literally just looked this up. <laughs> you have definitely seen him on Just Shoot Me. You've heard his voice in Steven Universe and in other cartoons, and he's great. And you've seen his comedy. Because as soon as I say the name Brian Posehn, you know who I'm talking about. Nope. No. Really? <laughs> nope. No idea whatsoever. Wow, that was it. <laughs> that was super anticlimactic. Everyone who's listening is like, oh, right, Brian Posehn, of course. Because if you're, if, you, if, you're, if you're in the comedy world, you know who Brian Posehn is. Funny that you say he's a voice actor because now that oh. I'm looking at his face, I know exactly no, I, who he I is. I totally know who he is. But I don't I even did think not know that he did. He just should be... He, like, he should be a human-looking robot. Because I love the way he looks. <laughs> he should be a vocal. And he talks like this? Yeah. But then also, like, it's really sad. Yeah. And his... He's kind of an Eeyore. He's such an Eeyore. Yeah. It could work. And that's his shtick. It and, could work. Like, he's, he's been on the Sarah Silverman program, and he is... And everyone loves him. He's, such, he's just a, a great special guy. Okay. Great. I want to go last. Okay. Uh, you think, you think is, that'll be it? You yeah. think that's how we'll go with you? Yeah. All right. My, <laughs> mine is a stolen suggestion from former and future podcast guest Zach Luna. Hannibal Burris. <laughs> Hannibal Burris is a good choice. He's for, got if, if such we did a, a specific yeah. voice, and he also is really good at, at blunt but dark <laughs> yes. sort of matter-of-fact realizations. So that was my choice. I, I think Hannibal Burris is a good one-for-one for, one for the Marvin that we have as that, he is now. Yeah. Just the just the depressive, oh. Well, Noticing everything. Life's and, bad. Yeah, just pointing things out. Yeah. That's pretty much, that's his deal. It could work. Hannibal Burris, are you familiar with him, Bill? No, I'm not. Oh, let me look up his picture. I he, just I, did. Remember but... Brad City? That guy? Oh... In the in, Spider, in Spider-Man movie. Homecoming, he is. In so Spider-Man he's Homecoming, he's... <laughs> you should. I, I'm not lending yeah, you another you really DVD should. because you didn't bring back any of the ones you currently have bo- borrowed from me. Yeah, you really should. <laughs> I keep meaning to bring them every time I come. <laughs> I, I'm i sure you do. They're all safe and sound. I have them. Uh-huh. I oh, will bring them my. back. Well, now I'm really curious. What's yours? Who is this... K.O. Knockout Punch. I would like for Marvin the Robot to be voiced by Bill Nye. The science Aww. guy? Bill, no, Nye. Bill Nye. The OG Slarty Barty, Barty Fest. Fest. 
Oh. You don't know who Bill Nye is? I don't recognize That's, him by you're that You're spelling name. it wrong. It's K-N-I-G-H-Y. No, isn't it N-I-G-H-Y? Yes. There's no There's K. No K. <laughs> There's no K. <laughs> K-N. You're doing it wrong. A charming okay. He is of the same ilk as Alan Rickman. He is. He is Every time I see him. would be a great throwback. Every time I see him, I expect him to tell me that Christmas is all around us. Yes. <laughs> Come on and let it snow. He has a very eeyore vibe, too. He does. His voice is enough like Alan Rickman that I think it would be familiar enough, but also it's nice because he was in the original. Yeah. And I cast him in several other parts in my remake, so it's we gotta have we gotta have him. He's gonna be in it. He's gotta be in it. The beloved, like he's the beloved father of and he's universe. He is. He built the planets. He loves doing the not all of them. He helped with Norway. Yeah, he got got an award. He got an award for Norway. Um, I there's something too about like. Him, that, the role of, like, the depressed robot being passed on to him. That it's, like, this is a new generation, and he was, like, kind of always destined to become this, just, like, voice of the robot. (laughs) I don't know. He is good casting. Like, I don't think any of us have failed at this job. Like, I think every single one that we've come up with is good. Do you? But they're you? all very, very different. <laughs> yeah, they are very, yeah. very different. Um, it just depends on what we're going for. Yours is classic British. Yours is deep in the depression. And mine is someone who, whenever he opens his mouth, uh, you want him to die. Which is the way everyone thinks about Marvin. No, I don't think that about Marvin. No, no we don't. <laughs> but everyone who interacts with Marvin. Yes. I mean, we have to, he has to be someone who, like, as get an entire army to kill himself. Get yeah. an entire army to commit suicide. Get a, a ship, a ship's computer yeah. to commit suicide. And I do think both of your choices are more likely for you to, to really like, oh, I want Marvin to be okay. Yeah. Whereas Hamilton is like, yeah, he's right. <laughs> this is a weird separate thing, but in the movie, his eyes are green. In the book, his eyes are red. Huh. huh. If you could pick any color for Marvin's eyes, what color would you pick? Green. Green. You would pick green? Yeah. Or brown. Red just implies evil. Mean. I don't disagree, but I would pick blue because he's sad. Oh my god. <laughs> That's a calming color too. Yeah. Or brown. Or literally like the color of that pool outside. Just like, no, it's too dark. <laughs> <laughs> the color of your wall. The wall's a good one. I like. But I, just, I also wanted to make that joke. but like it literally i would be happy if they made the joke like my eyes are capable of displaying uh like a visual display of this of the uh, emotion i'm currently feeling i've never seen your eyes anything other than blue i know (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so we pick between the two i feel like we can fill Bill Nye in here somewhere else. Probably can. I'm you, happy to come back to I've Marvin. Got, I've got thoughts. You. I'm happy, come back back I'm happy to come back to Marvin. Okay. I am, however, going to go to another uh, AI. Yes. Did either of you recast Eddie the computer? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Once again, I'm pretty sure I've got this one, but I'll let you two go first oh, this time. I don't know if you do. Let's find out. <laughs> ben Schwartz. Yeah, uh, right. But he. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is gonna be weird. 
Do you have Bill Nye again? <laughs> no. Joe Rogan. Interesting Ooh. choice. Uh, very interesting that's, that's That might be your first miss. <laughs> <laughs> because. So many hits. I think that it would be funny if it's this, like, familiar voice that everybody knows. And I, just, don't know like, I, I don't know if I'd recognize Joe, Rogan. Joe Rogan's really? voice. I mean, I definitely know, like, Joe Rogan voice when I see him talking. Right. But if it's like, just the voice alone. Like, I, I need the context of, you're listening to Joe Rogan. Okay, this is who yeah, this yeah. white dude is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a slightly just, tough, tough guy voice. Yeah. That's kind of what I wanted. <laughs> that is okay. not what that computer is, but fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm listening. Okay. Or, the other option was Rob Lowe. Oh, uh, that's I kinda, funny. I kind of love that way but better. But we can't again. use Rob Lowe anymore. He's ruined what? forever. Why? Why? Look it up later. Oh. Okay. okay. Well, yeah. I just Rob, Rob Lowe's a bad person. Totally ruined that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, Two misses. <laughs> no, you're. That's your. Well, yeah, Rob Lowe's. You didn't. Rob Lowe's a good choice, except we can't use Rob Lowe anymore. All right. Because remember last time we did this, I had a pick, and you guys like, we, and you guys like, we can't do use him anymore. I'm like, oh no. Oh. Um, yeah. My Eddie the computer is John Mulaney. Oh, oh my God. yeah, one hundred percent. You won. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's so much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ideal. How did we ideal. Not all come up? I with know. <laughs> or like Hebe Marvin. That's why he has to be Eddie the computer, because yeah. the computer's God, too upbeat, and Marvin hates him. Oh, it works yeah. so well. I love it. Okay, yeah. great. Oh, my God. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Done. The next person. Why didn't you go first? Because <laughs> it was more fun this way. I don't even, I yeah. wish I'd never spoken. <laughs> I feel embarrassed. Here, let's, now let's talk about Slarty Bartfast. Slarty Bartfast is the one that I think there's a good chance we've all got the same person. Nope, not even, not a chance in hell. Okay, oh, okay. Bethany and I for sure have the same person. Yes, we Because it's Stephen Fry. Nope. Damn. <laughs> That's good, though. That is a good one. That's yeah. really good. Because Stephen Fry has been involved in the movies. He's been involved <laughs> in the <laughs> movies, the, the audiobooks. <laughs> like, he's been involved in this series yeah. forever. Yes. And, like, to have him play literally the old man who's seen this before. Yes. I like that. That's why I have him. Physically, I can't picture him. But, yeah, I can see that. Okay. <laughs> I have some recasting. <laughs> I, <laughs> Your timing is great. Yeah, I'm very curious. Uh, I put literally. I wrote, "Can it still be Bill Nye?" <laughs> yeah. But I also wrote Simon Pegg. I like Simon Pegg would be good. a wonderful choice. I also wrote him for narrator because I love Simon Pegg's voice, and he would be a good narrator. He would be. I originally had him as Zaphod. Oh my god! Oh, interesting. He's yeah. so he's so much older now, though. I can't I know. picture him. I yeah. actually almost had him as a director. He would yeah. also be a very good director. Ooh, I, I the, didn't. Yeah, like the hot fuzz. Yes, guy, those guys. Would be yeah, this, yeah. So. I put Nick um, Frost in here too for something. Yeah. So who's your starting part fast? Yeah, mine is. Um, I might not be saying his name right, but Rhys Ifans. Yeah, he's a Welsh actor. Isn't that? Wait, hold on. I'm going to wait until the picture comes up so I can... Yes. Oh, yes. I have no idea who this guy is. It's the guy from The Amazing Spider-Man. He's the lizard. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. That's the only reference I can make. He's been in many other things. Yeah, he's in so many things. (laughs) So many things. But that's the first thing. They're making another Kingsman movie? Oh, whatever. All right. But 
Now that you've mentioned Stephen Fry as Slardy Bartfast, I wonder if Reese could be a candidate for Marvin because he also has a very good. Dark. He's a deep, dry British voice. Yeah, and he's very good. He's kind of that type of character. If you ever saw Notting Hill, the Julia Roberts and Hugh. Hugh um, you mean movie? the one thing that I've always told? Hey, you look like Hugh Grant and Notting Hill. Yeah. Yes. yes, I've seen it. That one. I'm sorry, but you have the haircut. It's never. It's not. not it's. it's <laughs> yeah, I. I don't disagree. I can. I, my smile's similar. It's the whole thing. You have the same accent. You I know. do. You it's, are Hugh Grant. I, I am very upper crust Britishy. Yeah. So he. So Reese plays his roommate. His like slobby, kind of depressed roommate. Yeah. Um, and that. Kind of reminds me of Marvin a little bit. I mean, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm not. I'm not opposed to that. So, that's my vote. I already think Stephen Fry should be Slurdy Bartfast. Yes, yeah, I do too. Yeah. All right, let's go. I've let's chosen. go with Stephen Fry for Slurdy Bartfast, but let's go with Reese Efans for Marvin. As, yeah, yeah, I think that's Since, clever. Yeah, that's kind of a like unexpected, unexpected twist. But people but would great. recognize his voice, but kind of be like. He has a very soothing voice. I don't necessarily want people to recognize the voice because when we see the person, we're like, oh, it's that person, we move on. I want it to be one of those people where he has a good voice and he has a good demeanor, and I don't want us to be sitting here thinking, where do I know that voice from? Yeah. 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 And so that's why. I think he's good because he's like obscure enough that you're not going to be distracted by it, but he is. Is really good at it. He could sound a little bit like Alan Rickman. Yeah. I don't want him to sound like Alan Rickman. I want him to sound like him. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. The only other person that I have before writer director is the narrator. Okay. Let's do that last. So before, so other than narrator, who else did you two recast? Deep Thought. Cast Deep Thought. Which I'm cool with. The Whale Voice. Me too. Oh, interesting. Questular Ron Talk. And Hamakavula. Who's Questular Ron Talk? Is the woman who's... Oh, the uh, vice president. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did kind of cast her too, actually. Uh, um, and Hamakavula. Me too. Great. Uh, Hamakavula! And special guest performance of, the, of Bad Vogon, whose name I can't remember. Yeah, I I literally uh, yeah. just wrote down Tywin Lannister for a Vogon. <laughs> Tywin Lannister sounds too proper for a Vogon. No, that's why. I, down like no, that's why I thought it was great. Andrew Manley, yeah, for all the Vogons. Yeah. Oh, that is a deep cut reference. That <laughs> if Which you don't means- listen to the episode. And Zach doesn't you, listen to the episode. Refer- no <laughs> one will get. You guys made a reference to Andrew Manley and Bedknob, so our audience knows who it is. I didn't. <laughs> uh, you both discussed him, and I sat there quietly. And was now like, here's the thing: <laughs> Did like, I leave that in the episode? Yes, you did. I did. <laughs> Shoot! I'm trying to get him work, guys. <laughs> Deep Thought, Whale, the Vice President, the losing guy. I don't care about the other person because I think there's more interesting things for us to do. Who? Hamakavula? I don't care about Hamakavula at all. But he's John Malkovich. I know. And he does nothing. (gasps) You're crazy. 
He shows up. He's a cool special but effect, and then he cool takes off the. Idea. We can talk about it because I think that your ideas are great. I just don't give a shit about that character. Okay, at well, all. other people do. We so do. You have all to right. you kind of have to set yourself aside here. Uh. <laughs> I and I personally, my choice for Hamakavula was Sam Rockwell. Let's have him come back and be Hamakavula. Ooh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Literally, if you're that comedy, that's it. I had, so, Deep Thought, The Whale, Hamakavula, The VP Lady, that's I, it? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's fine. I cast the mouse kids, but nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody cares, cares. about cares. the mouse kids. No. <laughs> we appreciate you taking the time to find some child actors, so why don't you tell us about these child actors right Let now? me introduce the world to Brendan Sims and Ivy George. I know who Ivy George is. <laughs> and She's I may from... have cast Brendan Sams before. Did you? Yeah. I think it's Sims. Like Bethany's favorite, like game. my favorite game. <laughs> He's from Shameless. He's oh, this kid's way young. Baby, no, no, that's his old photo. He's much bigger now. Oh, he's been in Shameless. I actually haven't cast this kid before. He's so cute. I know Ivy George too. She's so flippin' cute. I, yeah, Ivy George would... plays Amabella in Big Little Lies. I like them both. She's got a creepy face. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like she's plotting the demise of the like universe. She looks like she's an old, ancient yeah. lady, but also a child. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Those we, are my children. They're wonderful choices. <laughs> I'm really glad you found them. You thank you. I did it all myself. <laughs> and then, who did you have for Hamakabula? Did we say that? I had Andy Circus. Ooh. Yes. Done. I like it. <gasps> And with that, Sam rolled his eyes and wrote down Andy's circus. Fine. Uh, <laughs> Since let's do let's go with the character I care about even less. Tell me about who you had for the VP lady. Uh, Lena Hedy or Hedy. Uh, Cersei. Uh, Cersei Lannister. Oh, cool. Ooh, I like that. Oh, yeah. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Um, Mostly just because I'm watching a lot of Game of Thrones, and she's just you know, she's that uh, actress of that time. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense, right? Cool. Yeah, she's Sarah Connor. I had Sonoya Mizuno. She was the nerdy um, scientist in Maniac who's in love with oh, the guy. with Justin Thoreau. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't care about these and characters, And she's in so... love with Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Yeah, I she's, love that. She's sexy. She's nerdy. She's smart. She's a little bit devious. I think yeah. she's great. She's got a cool haircut. You two decide between yourselves. I don't care about these characters, so do do whatever you think. I mean, clearly. I don't, none of Both us of do. Both of them are great. Both. Spell Sonoya's Both. last name? Uh, M-I-Z-U-N-O. Okay, so then let's talk about Deep Thought and the Whale. All right. Two yeah. people who I think should be recast. Yeah. I don't have anyone for them, but I'm excited to hear what you two have. Let's talk about Deep Thought first. Okay. Again, I picked another Game of Thrones person. Gwendolyn Christie. Oh, yeah. Gwendolyn Christie's great. Who yeah. she play? She's Brienne of Tar. Okay. And yeah. she's just got a great lady British accent. And Absolutely. So, she'd do well. Or Emma Thompson, but... I thought Gwendolyn Emma Thompson yeah. at first, too. Yeah. And then I changed it to Viola Davis. Oh. oh interesting. Sassy. But she's got this, like, very rich, deep she voice. She does have a very rich I would voice. say she is, like, today's Helen Mirren. Yes. Of yeah. a non-British American accent. Right. version. The yeah. American, yeah. Yeah. I also just like... That said... Not being an old British white woman. I really yeah. like your pick. Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah, Gwendolyn she Christie's just great. She such a wonderful, sarcastic She's voice. Royal. I would... She's royal. If I had to choose, I, had to, I would choose Gwendolyn Christie. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I'm very curious what your who your whale is. <laughs> you want to go first, or do you want me to go? Bethany first? went first on the last one. Yeah, okay. you go first. I have Daniel Kaluuya because of his final scene in the Black Mirror episode that I think got him on the map, where he's basically he's the actor from Get Out. Yes, that's what I thought. Oh my a god, rap of like existential crisis. Interesting, at the end. and I was like. He would be so amazing in this split second of just like basically Daniel Kaluuya rapping. Like, <laughs> what am I? I kind of love that. <clears throat> That's very nice. Mine was Nick Frost because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like he can do a dumb boy yes. rant falling from the sky. I wrote down Daniel Kaluuya though. Okay, I like That's that. That's who we're going with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then the other person we have before we get into writer director is our narrator. Yes. So. I guess since you both talked a bunch, I guess I should talk about who I have for my narrator. Who is your narrator, Sam? My narrator is someone who I think is the ultimate British narrator. I love this guy's voice so much. Mm. There were there are two people who've read the Harry Potter books, like has done the narration for the Harry Potter books. Uh-huh. There's Stephen Fry. Yeah, and then and there's Jim, Jim Dale. Dale. Mm. This was Zach's suggestion for this. Yeah, <laughs> and I I approve. And he's fantastic. He also is uh, the guy who's the narrator in Pushing Daisies. Mm-hmm. He says, pie maker. Yes. <laughs> and I can't do it because it's so perfect, chocolatey and delicious, his, his, his words. I'm super and then he also did The Night Circus. Mm-hmm. And he's just wonderful. It's so good. Have you ever listened to The Night Circus? Yeah. Yeah. That's it's Jim Dale. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Night Circus is one of those few books where I'm like, and I, and I really enjoy audiobooks, but like there's sometimes where it's like, eh, audiobook, book, whatever. Yeah. The Night Circus, you need to listen to it. Oh my god, it's so entrancing. Highly agree. All right. I picked David Attenborough. Interesting. Hmm. Why David Attenborough? Because, like, (laughs) as a joke of, like, it's because of all the beginning, like, nature shots. Oh, I And then, uh, yeah. It's just the... That's whole, a like that's environmentalist. A good thing. reason to pick I think him. it's funny to be like, this is a movie about Earth and the universe, and it's David Attenborough. Yeah, that's a great reason to pick David Attenborough. Yeah, it was just kind of a little joke. It's a good. It's funny. I I joke. normally hate jokes, <laughs> but yeah. this is a good one. Well, well, done. Done. I'm not big on humor, but well done. Oh nice my god, David Attenborough's ninety two. Highbrow joke. Holy let's, moly! Let's, we better make this soon. <laughs> We want him to be in it. Someone just go get him to read <laughs> right? every word. Look at him sitting here with this giant egg. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, Bethany, who did you have? I picked Simon Pegg, but Oh, that's right. You down, did say that. Jim Dale wins over Simon Pegg in my mind. So, even though Are Simon you okay Pegg with that? I'm fine with Jim Dale. Jim Dale is a star. He he should be more of a star, even yeah. though we all know and love him already. That said, Full marks for David Attenborough, because that was yeah, brilliant. Very good idea. Yeah, I love all of that. But we didn't... Okay. I'm just sad about Bill Nye, but it's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't put him in at all. Fine. He can, he can be the mice. Too. Can he be the bowl of petunias? Yes. Okay. Yes, he's the bowl of petunias. <laughs> I'm happy. Amazing. <laughs> so that brings me to writer and director. Now, did you both have separate writer-director, or did yes. one of you have a writer-director? I had a writer-director. Okay. So then let's have Bella and I talk about our writer, then you'll talk about your writer-director, and then we'll talk about our directors. Perfect. Cool. Sound good? Yeah. Yes. 
Would you like to go first for writer or would you like me to? You can. Okay. My writer has written for Firefly. Ooh. He's written for Agent Carter. Lovely. And he's currently working on The Tick. He is a, a like, he's a very, like, those are the three that I pulled. Uh, but he is a very prolific writer who's worked on all sorts of, like, weird sci-fi things. And this dude's a massive nerd. Mm. Like, he worked on some Star Star Wars stuff. He oh, worked, he's Sleepy Hollow, Vampire cool. Diaries, Grimm. Dang. He, Star Wars Clone Wars, Castle. Castle. This writer is named Jose Molina. Okay. And he is great. Wonderful. Yeah. And so I first heard about Jose Molina because he and a friend of her, his, a friend of hers, a friend of his named Javier Grigio Marks Watch mm. have a podcast called The Children of Tendu, which hasn't updated in a long time. But basically, they are two writers who are very, very big on promoting other writers. Mm. They want to help other writers and they want to do what they can to help the writing community. And so I agree with them as people that like yeah. they're doing what they can to help the people around them. So I like him as a person. Yeah. And then I like the things he's worked on because frankly, anyone who's ever worked on Agent Carter, I think should work forever. Yes. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Yeah. And so that's who I have for my writer, Jose Molina. Lovely. My writer, I wish it could be Douglas Adams again because I just want him to keep writing. When did he die? He died a while ago. A A long time ago. ago. Like before the movie. Yes. I just want to honor him and say I wish it could be him. That's all. And I respect that. He will certainly get a, a story by credit because it's based on the works yes, by I Dennis know. Adams. I know. He will be credited in this movie. Yes. So, well done. You succeeded already. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I just want everyone to know that Douglas Adams wrote this originally. Okay. Who? <laughs> oh, right. I hate jokes. I'm so sorry. I apologize. Terrible. terrible. I picked Charlie Colville, who's a woman. Oh. And she wrote for... Uh, Spell her last name. Uh, C-O-V-E-L-L. She's a very hip-looking woman. Oh. Um, she wrote for The End of the Effing World. Yes. Oh, yeah. Who oddly looks like Asa Butterfield. <laughs> she really does. <laughs> she looks like female blondie. Oh. Um, that's great. I just loved the tone. So I, I was th- I was trying to think of like what things have I seen recently that sort of have this tone. And immediately thought of um, the end of the effing world. Mm. Yep. And okay, I think that that's a fun one because it's like it's not sci-fi, but it does have this adventure quality to it. But then it also very much has the like quirky, dry British humor. Mm. Oh, she wrote um, on Peep Show. Mm. Like sort of nihilistic thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she I love wrote that on she's Misfits a woman. And the Inbetweeners. Yeah, uh, and. You're winning. Yeah, I like her a lot. Yeah, I I really like this pick. She's I'm into it. I'm into it a lot. I I I think she's amazing. Like I I, as much as I love Jose Molina, right now Charlie Covell is winning for me. I think that Jose Molina would try to promote Charlie Covell. Yeah. You know what? I agree with you. (laughs) I think I'm fine with picking her as writer, because my writer director is more like I mean, you'll see when I explain, but my (laughs) director choice that I also was just like and he could write it just because I love his vibes, I love his tone, and I feel like he could really nail it, uh, is Taika Waititi. <laughs> but I was also just thinking in general of, like, Flight of the Concords vibes, like, Brett McKenzie could also be a good writer for this in cahoots with Taika Waititi. Even though, obviously, New Zealand humor and British humor are very different things. 
Yeah. But there also is... There is sort of a, a dry parallel uh, between the two, and I just also think Taika is really, really good at adventure comedies and making everything fun and working with actors to get the best comedy chops out of it, and that's really all I care about as a creator slash audience member. So yeah, Taika's my choice for everything all the time. Yeah, you and know, <laughs> like, a lot of people. I love him. I love him. And it's not just because of Thor Ragnarok. I recently saw an upcoming film of his, which is going to be um, probably my favorite movie ever. So, I mean, What We Do in the Shadows is fantastic. What We Do in the Shadows is truly yes. amazing. I love it. And just and yeah. I need to watch that TV show. I just haven't done it yet. Yeah. And just, oh, that's right. They made a TV show. Yeah, yeah, it's out now. It just came out. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Don't worry. You're not my that new addiction. But yes, um, I need to watch What We Do in the Shadows. That's a good choice. Yeah. Bella, who do you have for your director? I picked, well, okay, for, this isn't my pick, but I just wanted to throw out there, I think it would be very interesting if Wes Anderson did a take on this. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all my pick, it just was a thought that occurred to me, and I was like, that would what be really What would happen if Wes Anderson did Hitchhikers? <laughs> like, that's one of those, like, MasterCard commercials, like, from a whole different Literally, the, bo- the way the Earth would be destroyed is it would be a ball of yarn, and we would just watch the string slowly get <laughs> yeah, pulled away. Yeah, <laughs> From an above angle. Shot. That's what it, yeah. Cool. Um, so Marvin anyway. would be a pu- like literally you would just see Marvin in front of the screen and it would be a puppet. Yeah, incredible. Made out of felt. Made out of felt. Um, I just I thought it would the, be I, cool food for thought for everyone. Zaphod Box would be played imagine. by um, George Clooney. No, yeah, Gr- yeah. Gr- Groundhog Day. I'm blanking out his name. Oh, Bill Murray. Bill, Bill Murray. Murray yeah. Thank you. Bill Murray would be star with Blocks. He would. He would be Slarty Bart. He would. Yeah. He would absolutely be Slarty Bart. Or no, he's Marvin. Or oh yeah, he's a good Marvin. Totally okay, Marvin. I want to hear who your Anyways, actual. Okay, yeah, 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 that was just thoughts. It's an interesting um, thought experiment. Yeah, <laughs> we just, my yeah. Real I mean, that's, choice, a, that's a fun path to go down and then leave, and then not actually. Um, <laughs> if I was really trying to hire a director for this, I would go with Matthew Vaughn, who I don't know if many people recognize his name, but he did. Stardust, he did X-Men First Class, he did Kick-Ass, he did oh both Kingsman movies. So he's really great with these action, um, adventure. Stardust, to me, was like a great comparison to Hitchhiker's Guide, because it's like sci-fi, but also fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Good comedic. Yeah. He's, yeah. My, he's a pick. The interesting thing about... Matthew Vaughn for me is that he's made a lot of things that I really really like mm-hmm. but he's also made a lot of things that I really really hate mm, true, for example yeah. I love the first Kingsman movie mm-hmm. and I hate the second Kingsman movie hmm. same with first and second Kick-Ass yeah true. yeah and my understanding is that Rocket Man's probably fun but I don't know yet that's the yeah uh, I didn't I mean that's not even really the and, genre and I really like Eddie the Eagle Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. Although he produced that. He didn't direct it. But speaking of other things that he produced and didn't direct, we have uh, the, the, the latest Fantastic Four movie. The one that is universally reviled. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, he also did X-Men First Class, which I really like, but it's one of those things where the more I hear about it, the more I dislike. Hmm. But that said, Stardust is so good. So good. Like, I love Stardust. It seems like he's better at directing than producing. Yeah. Well, I think he's better 
when he has to work within restrictions. Mm. I think he's better when there's someone above him kind of guiding him. In the same the same way that I actually feel about um oh god, this is embarrassing. Who who created Star Wars? George oh. Lucas. George Lucas. <laughs> like legitimately, yeah. the same way I feel about George Lucas is I think the first Star Wars movies are good because George Lucas well, A, his wife was helping a lot and she's been like stricken from the record. But I feel like it's the but opposite of that, though, I I feel like he. It seems like he was good when he had brand new idea, but when it was time to make something that would have to adhere to a lot of overhead production type standards and certain things that they wanted to make sure would happen, I feel like maybe he just went loose and crazy. George Lucas or Matthew Vaughn? Both. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. You 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 agree with me, but for different causes. In, yeah. In yeah, a yeah. Flip sideways, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. I think he's a great choice, and if we could do the Matthew Vaughn from 2007, yeah, I yeah, would agree. Yeah. And I would 100% take that, but I think we have the Matthew Vaughn from 2019, and mm-hmm. I think he's lost it a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can see that. But I do, I, I again think it's an amazing choice. My director is a woman named Claire Scanlon, who you probably have not heard of, but she won an Emmy for uh, actually editing in, uh, The Office. Oh. So she's worked on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Office, Last Man on Earth, Glow. She's an Emmy-winning director. Or she, she is an Emmy winner. I think she's an Emmy-winning editor as opposed to an Emmy-winning director. Mm. But I picked her because her base for comedy is so expansive. Mm. And because I think she's a director on her way up. And so mm-hmm. I think that she's the sort of person who would be given a, a project like this, like, all right, you've earned it. Now run a franchise. Now, yeah, you have to, yeah. This is your big blockbuster. And uh, I'm going to pull her up. She edited documentaries for PBS and the Discovery Channel, director for Glow, American Princess. Uh, she's working on a couple of films, or something called Set It Up came out. She's a dark horse oh, yeah. candidate, for sure, which is why... We'll probably go with Taika Waititi. But I I always like finding the person who no one else has found. And she's directed The Good Place and Ghosted and Blackish, And she's everywhere. And yeah. she's clearly great. Mm. And more respect should be paid. Yeah. I mean, I like it's certain. It's some. It's like that kind of underdog element where yeah. it's like she's done so well with all of these smaller productions. Like, let's see what she can do when she's given literally the universe. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very interesting. That said, eighth time, if not more, Taika Waititi should be the director for I this. I think so, I, too. I, I also... Like nail it. <laughs> that's the thing. That's why he keeps getting picked. Because I, I, really, I keep doing sci-fi movies. Yeah, stop really doing that. I feel strongly that also it should maybe be a director who has... Sci-fi experience, not just comedy experience? No, I was going to say, like, leans more to the British. I agree with like, that. I don't know yeah. if an American director would hit all of the, like... I agree with that, which yeah. is why absolutely I wanted to go with your writer. Yeah. Because Charlie Koval's absolutely the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, so that is our movie. I am very happy with this outcome. I... No, I would never want to remake this film. We should I absolutely would, remake this movie. Start I tomorrow. I would genuinely be interested if it only has these exact people involved. <laughs> uh, so let me go through. So, Oh, also, for producing, I know we don't usually talk about that, but I... Just, I throw it in every once in a while. I thought, like, either Jim Henson should continue to work on the movie, or... Yes. 
Oh, for the Vogons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for the puppetry of any I space of character. the production company Laika, or Laika, they did Bob yeah. Trolls Laika. and Coraline. I yeah. love them. Yeah. Yeah, I They're think they'd be amazing. great at, like, just d- doing all the production di- design for the Vogon universe. Yeah. But we can't use them. Why? Because they're exclusively stop motion. Ah. Uh, uh, they should branch out. <laughs> Box Trolls, Kubo and the st- Two Strings are exclusively stop motion animation. And their monster creation, their creation of the world is fantastic. The fact that Laika is involved is the only reason I'm interested in seeing Missing Link. Yeah. Be- mm. But, like, I own Box Trolls. Yeah. yeah. Did I They're lend you Box Trolls? No. Is that one of the movies no, I lent you? I watched Box Trolls independently. I love Laika. It's my own thing. Yeah. I, I love Laika <laughs> as well. Um, give me my movies back. Anyway. <laughs> Right. <laughs> on that note, uh, so here's, let's, our so here's our film for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Woo. Arthur Dent will be Daniel Radcliffe. Ford Prefect is Donald Glover. Trillian is Rachel Bloom. Zaphod Beeblebrox is Nick Thune. Marvin will be Reese Ifans. Eddie the Computer will be John Mulaney. Deep Thought will be Glendon- Gwendolyn Christie. The Whale will be Daniel Kaluuya. The Bowl of Petunias will be Bill Nye. <laughs> yes! uh, Hama Kavula, we won't have, but if we did, it's Andy Circus. The VP lady, we're for sure cutting, but if we had to have someone in as a deleted scene, it's Sonoya Mizuno. And then we also want to point out that just for good child actors, Brendan Sims and Ivy George, you can't go wrong. Yeah, really great. Slarty Bartfast will be Stephen Fry. Our narrator will be Jim Dale. All of this will be written by Charlie Coville and directed by Taika Waititi. Dope, dope, dope. Love it. So, you Sorry. two going to go see this movie? I will go see this movie. All right. I'm going to make this And movie. I want yeah. the paycheck for coming up with this incredible yes. cast. I mean, we're geniuses. <laughs> we are. We're we so get smart. cuts of all of the performers and all of the writers. Oh, yeah, for sure. Incredible. Finders fee. Incredible. Yeah, yeah exactly. Into it. Packaging fees. Well done, team. Yeah. So, Bethany, what would you like people to do in relation to you on the internet? Do you want people to follow you anywhere? Is there anything you want to promote? Yes, I... Yes! <laughs> I have a business <laughs> that yeah. I'm trying to promote. I am a photographer of dogs. I have a website, Dog Photog Blog. Lots of rhymes there. Dog Some, Photog Blog. Someday we're going to get the blog out of there, because that was a whim I don't agree with anymore and I never have time to write but I definitely take pictures of dogs a lot in a professional photographer way not just a, oh I have my iPhone out I'm gonna take 10 pictures of dogs so I used to do that too um <laughs> when uh you or Zach was describing to me that you were becoming a dog headshot photographer yeah. I was like that's an amazing job and you're a perfect person for that and yeah. I really want to just you know get that going so if you have a dog contact me i've seen bethany's instagram i've seen the pictures she takes of dogs and they're wonderful and your dog will never look so glamorous as when bethany photographizes photogs (laughs) (laughs) and that's the name of the company dog photog yeah nailed it. it nailed it Good. And do you, have, do you have an Instagram you want people to follow where they can see these pictures of dogs? Um, I have a private Instagram that is my own, which is my name, Bethany Huey, H-U-W-E. That is my handle. I, if I if I know of you through mutual friends, I will let you follow me. But someday I'll have a public profile with the dog pictures. Cool. Yeah. 
That's so, it. Cool. I, and I have other things, but like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Bella. I am on the Instagram. <laughs> you have multiple Go Instagrams. Go on. I have multiple Instagrams. I'm mainly um, actress, writer. Um, I've directed things, so if you want uh, help with writing things, or if you want an actor, <laughs> that's me. My acting Instagram and personal Instagram is at Izzy Ajizi, I-Z-Z-I-E-G-I-Z-I, sometimes pronounced by Sam Gash as Agizi, but that is wrong. <laughs> Look, I'm just so used to the way the G sounds in my last name. <laughs> Jash. Jash. Sam Jash. I don't like that at all. No. Um, Nobody does. <laughs> My other Instagram is Little Daily Ditties, where I try to post one song that I write every day. It has turned into not being every day because I have a life sometimes. <laughs> but when follow. I don't have a life, I start posting every day. And it's so. wonderful. <laughs> I appreciate um, it as a follower. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> they, they are delightful when you post. Yes. Thanks for listening. Yeah, that's me. Good. I love it. <laughs> Uh, if you're interested in following me, I'm on Twitter at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H. And the podcast is on Twitter and Instagram at Ideal Remake. Spelled like it sounds. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, which you should follow, Ideal Remake or Ideal Remake Podcast. And like, subscribe, do all the things. But the biggest thing you could do is be like Bella. Tell someone about the show. <laughs> Hi, Colin. (laughs) I will end with this. What do you think the question is? Don't spring this on us now. (laughs) 42? That's the answer. So what's the question? What is the answer to life, the universe, and everything? 42? The answer doesn't fit? Yes, it does. It's in my mind. (laughs) Isabella <laughs> just went so serious just, for a minute. Well, I, 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 I you, you're tired. I, we've, been, we've been podcasting for two hours, and I hit you with philosophy. Yeah, that's, I can't do that. I right know now. it's great. I'm gonna take a selfie of all this because it's wonderful. How many turtles? How many are can we one actually living on the back of? How many turtles are wearing living where? How many turtles are we actually living on the back of? Oh, one giant forty-two one. turtles. All- oh, <laughs> I'd say it's turtles all the way down. But if there's only forty-two, 42. I like it. Yeah, Ooh. Douglas Adams and Terry Pratchett were in cahoots about the universe. They the knew, whole they absolutely time. Were. and they know. Wouldn't that be crazy if we found out that they both <laughs> that Terry Pratchett wrote the question? And Douglas Adams wrote the answer in their respective books. That would be amazing. Oh, my mind would be blown. All right. That's what we're leaving people with. Because that's it. That's it. That's all it can (laughs) be. All done. Thank you, guys. Bye. (laughs)